Today with Catherine Ruinala. I, I wanted to share this particular testimony with you tonight because I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about the power of prayer, that there is something so powerful that we have that sometimes we get to the point where we say, oh, well, all we can do is pray. As if that is like, you know, the last resort. Oh, well, now that's all we've got left. When in fact, it is the power of God. And I have so, uh, I've, got, I've been so stirred and I had a dream that I want to share with you. But before we um, jump into that, I just wanted to share this testimony. It was from um, a beautiful lady in Atlanta. My friend Sheila had brought to one of the meetings uh, at Glory City Atlanta. And she put up these photographs, I don't know if you could see it, um, a year after the testimony, after the, what the Lord had done for her little baby. Uh, she says here, it's hard for me to believe it's been a year ago today that Josie went to CHOA, I ex expect that's Children's Hospital of Atlanta, that'd be right? Yeah, thanks Mandy, she knows we've got our own Georgia girl, there. oh, South Carolina girl. No, where are you from? Louisiana, I knew that, praise the Lord, via, via South Carolina. It's been a year ago today that Josie went to CHOA for what we thought was spasms or seizures. She was having seizures, up to 30 seizures a day. Every single test was run on her under the sun, but the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. We tried seizure medications for two months that caused her to hallucinate and made her extremely moody. Chris and I couldn't stand the medication side effects. The earliest appointment available with the neurologist was three months out. We had trouble reaching him about the meds, so we took, them, took it into our own hands to start to try and wean her off them. While waiting for our next appointment, we were invited by my dear friend, Mrs. Sheila Williams, we love you, Sheila, uh, to Glory City Church for a night of healing prayer. Catherine Renala from Brisbane, Australia, was at Glory City Church that evening. Chris had to work, but I was able to go with my mum. And not even a day later, after Josie was prayed for, Josie was seizure-free. The Lord worked a miracle. Josie's not had any seizures since. Thanks to all of my love, uh, all my friends and family for your love and support, and most importantly, prayers. As my grandma Molly used to always say, prayer changes things. Hallelujah. And I think we've got a photo of uh, Josie a year later, there she is. Praise the Lord. Prayer changes things. And as I read that today, I was just so stirred. Prayer changes things. We went away uh, on this little holiday break and the place where we were staying was, had a lot of road noise and I, we live on acreage, so I'm used to nice and quiet. And so I was really having trouble sleeping with all the zoom, zoom, zoom going on outside. And so Tom prayed for me, I think on Friday night, he just prayed. I said, please pray that I sleep. So he prayed, please, Lord, help me to sleep and give her God dreams. And sure enough, I had a, had a beautiful dream, a really interesting dream. Um, I, so the night, next night I asked him to pray again and I had another God dream, hallelujah. Now Emily's like, Dad, pray for me. Tom, Tom will be available to pray for people after. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, in this dream, I was in a room with all these military leaders and they were discussing strategy, all in their military uniforms. And then uh, this woman, this tall woman with a 
you know, she had her hair done up in a bun, dark-haired lady, looked very elegant, but with a, a military uniform, went on, went over, and she took up her place on a red carpet in front of an altar, and she knelt down, and she just assumed her position, and you could tell that her role was to pray. And when I saw this in the dream, I started telling the other leaders, you need to get your prayer requests to her. And that this was actually the strategy that they had been trying to find. And I heard the Lord, when I woke up in the morning, I felt the Lord really remind us that he is actually rolling out the red carpet for the intercessors in this season. That he is making a way for those that will give themselves to pray, to see the tide of battle turn. And that the Lord says that he's actually, he's rolling out um, the red carpet. The red carpet is honour. And that, that the Lord is actually going to give honour to those that have been praying in the secret place, who haven't been seen. And not that they seek to be seen, but the Lord says, I'm going to honour them with joy and with such testimony that many are going to come and, and ask for prayer. They're going to begin to give the prayer requests. But you know, one of the things I really felt the Lord um, wanting to encourage us with is that it is not just the job of a few intercessors, but that every one of us are called to pray. And that as we pray, prayer changes things. Hallelujah. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. He's talking to everybody here. Hallelujah. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He knew how to pray. I mean, he got on his knees, and he prayed till something happened. I was listening uh, to... Bethel Church's Sermon of the Week this week, Bill Johnson was speaking on warfare prayer, actually. And he was saying, sometimes you've got a two-day assignment and you give up after day one and then blame it on the sovereignty of God that something didn't happen. And, and I just, I was so encouraged with this, this understanding of the earnest prayer. Elijah, when he went to pray, he got down and the Bible says that he, his head was between his knees. He was in a travailing position, a birthing position, where, and he was not going to be put off by not seeing an instant result. Go and tell me what you see. Nothing. Go and tell me what you see. Nothing. More prayer. Go and tell me what you see. Nothing. More prayer. Seven times. Finally, I see a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. He's like, it's done. Let's go. Run fast. It's, it's like, it's like tiny little cloud, but he knew it was done. And you know, God is releasing a gift of faith for his people in this time where they are going to say, it's done. It's done. I know it's done. And they will begin to run and they will be the forerunners. Hallelujah. For what is going to be a season now of great fruitfulness and harvest. Hallelujah. This lady in the dream, as I was looking at her, I began to realize her uniform was actually a Salvation Army uniform. 
And I felt the Lord saying, it's salvation prayers that need to be prayed in this time because God is moving with a harvest like we haven't seen before. At the same time, I was reading John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. When I was growing up, we were taught always to pray in the name of Jesus. And my mum said something like, if you don't pray in the name of Jesus, you won't get your prayers heard. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, I've wasted so many prayers because I didn't put that on the end. You know, oh, thinking it's sort of like this formula or this little, you know, um, magic thing that you do. But that's not what the name of Jesus is about. Praying in the name of Jesus is actually like having the power of attorney. It's like when I sign a check, if I have the power of attorney for someone that's very, very wealthy, then um, the bank will absolutely honour that check because I have the power of their name. In the same way, whatever we ask in the name of Jesus, when we know what that name means, when we know who he is, when we have personal relationship that causes us to know him and have his love activate faith in the reality of who he is, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who healed them all, as we know him, When we speak his name, ask the Father for anything in his name, the Bible says he will do it. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus, not using it as some sort of formula, but recognizing the power that we have to ask with an understanding of this power of attorney that we have, that I'm coming, Lord, not asking you to do something that's not in your heart to do. You've put it in my heart. You and I are one. Jesus Christ is the most powerful name above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. This isn't something I'm going to give it a go with. This is something that I can come with a faith that says it's done because I've got the name. And begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Begin to ask, hallelujah. Uh, There's a a story um, about Charles Spurgeon, and I I love reading Spurgeon's works. But he tells a story about, he went to visit a lady who was really poorly. She was um, dying because she was malnourished, And um, just in a really bad way. And so they asked if he would come and pray with her. And he came to her house, a little one-room house. And she had been a serving um, lady in a noble woman's house for almost 50 years. And Charles went in and he saw her there and he was going to pray for her and pray for her healing. And he noticed this framed document on the wall. 
he, he had a look at that and said, what's this? And, she, and the lady said, oh, that's from my lady that I served for 50 years. She was so kind. She gave it to me. And I just thought I should get it framed and look after it and put it on the wall. I don't know if she couldn't read or if she didn't understand, but he said, do you mind if I, if I just take this and have a closer look? So she said, sure, so long as you bring it back. It's very special to me. So he took it away and he took it to the authorities. And they realized they'd been looking for this woman because it was a bequest from this noble woman to give her a house and money to look after her that she'd be taken care of in her older days. And, um, and, it, and it, was, it was a frame, it was a bequest. But this woman didn't know. She didn't have the legal knowledge to know that that's what this was. She just framed it and put it on the wall. And she'd been living malnourished and struggling all these years. And so they went and organized for, for that to be fulfilled. But it would have done us so much good if she'd been able to have it years before. And he, he would say that, you know, having seen that, he was just so stirred to realize that believers have so much available to us. And yet so often we live on Struggle Street trying to get through when if we would start to understand that we've been given the privilege of his name. That, that I believe, I can feel in the Holy Ghost that the Lord is releasing a fresh revelation of the gift of faith. Faith in the name of Jesus. That he is releasing a capacity for effective and fervent prayer like we've never seen before. It's come in waves and, and people have sometimes had some encouragement. But I believe the Holy Ghost is here to encourage you today. That as you open your mouth and pray, the Lord bends low to listen. And when you ask the Father in the name of the Son, in the name of Jesus with faith, believing that he is the same yesterday, today and forever, and that you are qualified to be able to ask in his name, then whatever you ask, you'll receive. First John tells us that if, if our hearts condemn us, he is greater than our hearts. Hallelujah. And if our hearts don't condemn us, whatever we ask, we'll receive. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So here's where the enemy works to try and trip you up. You go to ask something in the name of Jesus and the enemy's in the background going, yeah, but I know about you. I know what you did. Who do you think you are? You really, if you know, pity you aren't like splendidly holy because then you could really have confidence. But I remember what you did. I remember what you said. I remember your sin. And if we're not careful, we allow him to throw mud on us that actually starts to blind our capacity to see the brilliance of the gift that we've been given. So when we talk about being the righteous who live by faith, it isn't just a nice feel-good idea. This is so powerfully necessary for everything 
that we are saved by grace through faith. We've actually got to have faith that our sin has been separated from us, that we've been forgiven, that as we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it has been separated from us never to come back. As far as the east is from the west, it'll never come back. So, But we need to be alert and aware that as we begin to take up our position on the red carpet, that the enemy isn't going to leave it uncontested. The way that he tries to discourage you from praying the prayer of faith, because remember, the prayer of faith will make the sick one well. The way that he tries to stop you praying the prayer of faith is to drown out the word of the Lord with accusations. And he wants to be, he'll be behind you the whole time saying, hey, let's think about what you did there. Wasn't it a pity you did that? Bet you regret that. Let's think about this. Anybody know that voice? Let's, Let's think about this. Let's do this. And I get absolutely over it. And I, you know, it, it's, it's got justice. Like, you, you got nothing else? In the name of Jesus, not going there, devil. Stop. And now, I'm not, no, get out in Jesus' name. But if you don't, if you don't deal with it and shut it down, he'll just keep there, trying to distract you, trying to throw it at you. Because he will rob you of your confidence if you start to believe that I don't have full authority because I'm really actually guilty here. And yeah, I did do that. So what's the truth? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So nobody is in a position where the enemy hasn't got something he could throw at them. So if he's trying to trap you by saying, well, yeah, but you, you can go, everybody sinned, but my God has taken away the penalty for my sin. He who knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And today, as I have exchanged my sin for his righteousness, as I have repented, turned from sin and received the righteousness of God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. God is for me who can be against me. I have been joined to him. Light can have no fellowship with darkness, yet I have been joined to the living God. I am part of the body of Christ. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. I am the redeemed. I'm whole. I'm clean. I'm saved. I'm pure. I am righteous. He is greater than my heart. He is better than I feel like I deserve. He is my righteousness. Hallelujah. Who has broken down every wall. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And as you speak it, As you say it, as you declare it, submit to God, resist the devil. And you know what? He will flee. So you don't let him anywhere near the red carpet. You give him no place and you pick up the sword of the Spirit using the Word of God to make him Stop. Then 
you come before the Lord and you begin to say, Father, I thank you that you have given me the name of Jesus Christ to, to come in the power of his name. That as I come before you, I ask you, Lord, in the name of the only true Saviour, the one living way, Jesus Christ, I come in his name. He has given me his name. And he says in his word, in your word, Lord, you say that whatever I ask in your name, I can have. So, Lord, now I come and I ask in the name of Jesus for this one to be saved. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of the devil over their life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I claim them for salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare healing to that one. And you begin to pray. You begin to intercede, not as one who is a beggar sitting at the door, but one who is operating as one who is clothed in military attire and being given an assignment to begin to decree, declare, to ask in the name name of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in James that we have not because we ask not. God is looking for his people not to be deceived into a roundabout of survival. Just trying to get by. I tell you, we have all of eternity ahead of us, but we have this little life on earth that is just so brief and short. In that time, we have the opportunity to bless God and to please God. How? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But if we'll put our faith in the truth that he has given us authority to use his name to ask and receive, we can start to see major shifts happen on the earth. You see, we have entered into a new era. But it's not a new era in name only. I believe it's a new era of people seeing and understanding. <gasps> oh, that's who he is. That's who I am. That's what this means. And taking it, picking it up like Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Jesus has been waiting for a generation who would pick up his name and say, where is the Lord God of my Jesus Christ, the Father, in the name of Jesus, I come with his authority and I thank you for the breakthrough. Hallelujah. No more of this, all I can do is pray. Sometimes people get a bit mixed up because they think, well, I've got to have like a four-hour prayer session if I'm going to see anything happen. But I tell you, if you have a two-minute prayer session that is actually filled with faith, you'll see something happen. Not just, not just you know, doing it by rote, but if you'll come in faith, if you'll come to him and you'll say, Father, in the name of Jesus, have mercy on me. In the name of Jesus, forgive me for my sins. He will do it if you will believe that he will. If you come to the Father in the name of Jesus and say, forgive my sins, save my soul. Lord, have mercy on me, make me clean. I receive Jesus as my Saviour. He will come in and he will save your soul. By grace, you are saved through faith. 
in the same way where you don't doubt that having brought my sin and received his mercy in exchange, having asked God to forgive me, I've received by faith the grace of God, you can in the same way come to him and ask whatever you will, whatever he puts in you to want to ask, you begin to pray, you ask in faith in the name of Jesus and you will see it move. If you'll speak to this mountain, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, Jesus said. I used to carry mustard seed around in my pocket just to remind me about how little it took. A teeny, tiny little mustard seeds. Yet they grow these great big trees. You have, and you might think to yourself, well, I don't even know if I've got a mustard seed. Well, are you saved? If you're saved, you have faith. Because you couldn't get saved if you didn't. He has given you his faith and it's bigger than mustard seed size. Yet if you have even just that much, you can speak to this mountain and say, be removed and cast into the sea and it will be done. Are you seeing this happen in your life? God wants to take you from the moments where you've seen it into a lifestyle where you experience it and the world around you sees his glory. I believe the spirit of God is on this. This is a prophetic word for this season and the fire of God wants to come and deliver you from a complacent mindset that says, well, all I can do is pray. 